Hello and welcome to the One County Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Paul Davis, and I sometimes feel like I need a less formal intro because sometimes it's hard to get into the mood to say, welcome to the One County Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Paul Davis. But uh, I just said it twice and now I feel crazy. Uh, Today we are continuing our two-part series, Getting Perspectives on Acting in L.A., Um, our second guest, Esteban Dagger, is a good friend of mine, someone I've got to work with as well, which is fun, and um, I enjoyed catching up with him so much that we recorded a 50-minute long conversation, and I went ahead and split off the last like 15-20 minutes of this conversation, and I'm going to put that up in two weeks. Um, I I really like that part of the conversation, too. Th- this, this part of it's pretty more so like we're just getting more of what the title says another perspective in LA um but I feel like that that upcoming episode you can look forward to too it's some good practical stuff and mindset stuff for uh the way we sort of view our own career goals aspirations uh looking at the future and working towards the future and whatever that may hold if anything (laughs) and um an announcement for next week, which if you are a weekly listener, you, you saw it coming because I announced it last, last week as well. But we are going to be talking about the film Frida that came out in 2002 uh, as a part of our once a month movie series that needs a name. Let me know if you got any ideas for names for that series. Um, but basically once a month, we take a movie that is portraying an artist and we analyze it we discuss it we we talk about the cinema and the uh the things about it (laughs) and and also just like the portrayal of the artist those tropes and those truths and uh i don't know seeing seeing what of ourselves we see in in these films these cinemas and also we're a film company so we should talk about things besides dancing and art philosophy and whatever else it is we talk about on this podcast um but um i think that that's it for the in the way of announcements um well i guess to wrap up what i was saying about frida uh watch it if you want to this week uh, so that when that episode comes out you are enjoying it in this weird fake internet community that that is a community it's not fake but it's just it's just different it's it's not it's not a church we're not all together we're not all actually in the same room but we are all in the same weird space of my brain that is in your brain too via sound now um but yeah if you want to watch that movie before next episode you can do that and if you want to take it a step further and even be a little little guesty on the on the podcast uh you can record a voice memo of your thoughts um for minute two minutes three minutes about about the movie and how it relates to us as creators of things you can send that to andrew at onecountyfilm.com i'll put that info in the description of the episode enjoy sd how long have you been in la for I've been here since 2015 of October, so coming up on four years. Wow, I, I didn't realize it'd been that long, but it mm-hmm. has, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you left New York, that's where you were in college. What, what did you kind of have to sacrifice 
in order to make that move from New York to LA? I do it a lot, actually. <laughs> um, well, one, I had a musical theater background in New York. That's where I studied musical theater at my campus. But I kind of decided, like, oh, you know, yes, I can sing and dance and act, but um, the types of roles and characters I was having to audition for are like 30 or 40 year olds. So I realized I need to switch to camera work. You know, there's definitely a lot more for me when it comes to commercial acting and TV and film acting. So that's why I decided to switch to L.A. so I can learn more about camera and television and also kind of get more um, get more connections, you know, because I knew people in L.A., I mean, in New York, and I didn't know anyone in Los Angeles. So I felt like it might be important to do both sides. Another thing I had to go across for was representation. A big part about, you know, acting in a successful way um, is to find representation. An agent, a manager, those are the ones that get you in the rooms uh, for the big projects. Um, it's definitely possible to do it without, but it's definitely a lot easier with. Um, but sacrifice-wise, I had to sacrifice the, the location I loved. I love New York more than Los Angeles. I miss it so much. Um, it made me happy. It was adventurous. It kept me fit, that's for sure, <laughs> walking around everywhere. Um, now I just sit in traffic. Now you're trying to sit in the car. Yeah, yep. exactly. Um, and also, funny enough, a lot of personal stuff. Like some of my closest friends, um, there, was a, there was a girl who, like the week I was leaving New York, she was like, oh, I've been, mean, like, I've been wanting to be in a relationship with you for like a year. I was like, I've told you already. I did too. Um, so, oh, no. yeah, so some, some heartbreak, some, some friends I had to leave, and definitely the, the place I feel like I call home most, New York. Was there a period where you were trying to look at camera acting opportunities in New York, or were you just kind of like, this isn't really the place for this? Um, kind of. I did extra work. Like, I did, like, a extra work of, like, Law & Order, for example. But I realized that New York, even though they do have some camera opportunities there, um, it's not as much opportunity as Los Angeles. There's just so much. It's overwhelming how much jobs are out here for film stuff in Los Angeles. Where New York, it's mostly definitely Law & Order. You know, that's a big one. But I'm not the type of... Um, actor that you would right away see like, oh, I could see him in Law and Order. You know, <laughs> I'm like a I'm like a Jonah Hill, Seth Rogen kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I definitely do drama. I definitely do a lot of that. But when it comes to crime shows, that's definitely a weird genre that it would be hard to to see me in. I think it's funny being someone who's never lived in a true industry city. Um, I've never really seen New York and LA as that different. Like to me, they're both just like, oh, there's so much filming happening there. Mm -hmm. But I guess, but it makes sense that there's just even though there's a medium amount in New York, there's a large amount in L.A. <laughs> yeah, it's um, pretty huge. Since you've gotten to L.A., what are sort of the uh, mediums, you know, the formats that you've sort of been successful in? Uh, you mean like what kind of jobs as an actor have I been able to do? Like there, there's film, there's TV, and then if you... Right, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Like I kind of know the answer to this already, but <laughs> I want to hear you talk about it. Like yeah, definitely. The, and, and the new media stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's this... I mean like social media has a lot of pros, a lot of cons. Um, I think us as a generation are, are definitely sensing that now, the cons. Um, but it's opened up a lot more jobs, actually. Um, you know, YouTube has now is now making series. That's a part of the new media company, Snapchat. I was able to do a lot of um, episodes with something called Solve on Snapchat, which is like an interactive murder mystery or, you know, just like a mystery show where you can vote who you think was the suspect. Um, um, so so that's, 
that's that was a really great opportunity. I was able to help that helped me pay rent. You know, I was able to they liked me so much that they asked me to come back seven times after the first episode I did with them. Different characters. Um, I recently filmed this thing called Happy Hazel. It, it came out. Well, it hasn't come out yet, but I filmed it. It's gonna be a new show on YouTube, I believe, and um, I don't know much about it. Funny enough, because new media is so so different. In fact, SAG, um, the the union for for actors, they've also kind of been adjusting new contracts for that. I believe Netflix has a new thing where you know the actors aren't going to be getting residuals when people watch their shows on Netflix, which is very interesting. It's very different. So I think SAG itself, like the actor world, is still adjusting to the new opportunities of new media. Um, when I first started out auditioning, I had a lot of success with commercials. I did um, mostly non-union. But once I became union of SAG, um, the commercials have died down audition-wise for me. Um, it's Apparently, someone said something like that commercial auditions are 80% non-union now and 20% union. Interesting. Um, but not that. Yeah. Yeah. Because union, you don't have to get residuals. You get like a buyout fee. Um, it's a good buyout fee. Like you just, you just get paid once you're done filming. But once it airs, you don't get continuously paid. So commercials have found... Oh, this is great. <laughs> so they're kind of, in a way, making it harder for working actors who are part of the union to get jobs. But at least it's opening up doors for those non-union actors, the people who are kind of still new to the business, to be able to get jobs. So in a way, it's really helpful. It's just for me because I had to become union like a, only a year after auditioning. I haven't had the opportunity to do as many um, commercials as, as I'd like to, you know? Yeah, gotcha. Six successful wise like you said that felt weird to say just coming out of my mouth but um <laughs> work wise i have been able to um successfully be on on tv um i've been on it uh, for television shows like three different episodes so far um since i graduated two years ago i did um i got to recur um as a guest star in suits i get to play one of the main characters younger versions so whenever they needed flashbacks they would fly me to toronto and, and film with them and then um, this year I did Bless This Mess, which is a new show on ABC with Dax Shepard, Lake Bell, and um, some other great stars. And I got to do um, just one scene, um, a co-star with, with Dax Shepard, which is so much fun because... Um, that scene was funny. I enjoyed yeah. watching that. Oh, you saw that? Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. Um, that was really fun because he likes to improvise a little bit. He has a, a little bit of improv background. We actually went to the same improv school together. Um, oh, cool. Not at the same time, obviously. He's much older than me. <laughs> but, yeah, so that has been great. And um, feature film-wise, still working on that. I recently booked uh, my first feature film. I'll be doing... Um, I'll be filming that uh, late September. So I'm excited to see how that goes, you know? Would you say the the golden ticket is to have, like, a very significant role in a TV show because it's so recurring? Or are you trying to get more, like, more features because it's the thing that you haven't done as much yet? Features are cool, but, man, <laughs> TV is where the money is at. I'm trying to pay rent right now. <laughs> um, I am still working a day, day job, you know, while I'm auditioning and stuff. But, um... It'd be great to, I think for me, um, if I were to choose what to happen, I think I would like to do at least one season of a of a main, like a, like a, a series regular. That would be, that would help out for a while. Um, and then after that, I'm open to doing, I'm, I'm open to doing TV or film for the rest of my life. I don't have a preference of, of anything really. Well, that's a good place to be, I guess. So you're yeah. open-minded to things. Yeah, I've never understood that about like some actors who are like, oh, I have to go back to TV acting. Like, what does that mean? I think TV acting is great, you know? Some great stuff comes from TV. You have like a day job. Do you have like multiple 
like part-time things or is it sort of like I have my day job and then I have my acting? Yeah, uh, it, it goes it goes from time to time. Um, funny enough, I, I do like something I do for extra cash is I edit some of my um, some actors' reels. Uh, so I'm not like a professional you know editor like you, <laughs> but sure. I've, able, I've been able to find how to edit well for acting reels, which basically demonstrates an actor's uh, performances on camera in like a minute or two. Um, so I've been able to put that, those together for some extra cash. I work at my alma mater where I basically um, refer students like, hey, you know, you're interested in performing. This is a performing arts college. Check it out. Let me get you an audition. And I basically tell them my experience and how it's helped me. Um, and then I did do catering for a bit. I had to leave that place. The management was ridiculous. But you, Congrats, you, man. Thank you. Thank you. I had to get out of there. Yeah. Catering's rough. Yeah, it was rough, yeah. Dude, I've done a lot of weddings, and whenever I see a catering person, I just want to, like, hug, hug them. them. <laughs> you say that um i mean maybe you don't have this like pie chart in your brain right up like right off the bat <laughs> to like pull out but um like what, per- what what percentage of your income your sustainability is coming from acting as opposed to like your your amda job your alma mater job right now is that like 99 to 1 or is it like no i'm getting some stuff like i'm doing like 80 20 or i don't know that's interesting i never really thought about like counting that i, I should because i think it, it could be very interesting because um i don't know um maybe maybe 60 from my day job and 40 from acting when it comes to a whole year nice i don't know it it, it really depends because um, like you know, it's a hard lifestyle as an actor to be honest, because you have to be at the right time, right place, and also be talented as well. Um, and just it's the not right a role. monthly paycheck from exactly Walt that's, Disney. <laughs> that's the thing, it's... you know. Like I'm getting a bi-weekly check in my day job. We're acting; it comes up whenever I book something. But sometimes I get residuals every now and then, which those are so helpful. Like I'm like, oh, thank God, I can, you know, oh, that's great. treat myself to some movies or something like yeah. that, you know, <laughs> um, or some new clothes and. Um, so yeah, I think I think I would say since two years ago when I started working my day job, and in acting, I would say probably sixty forty income wise, um, which is, is yeah, I think that, that I would say that. I, I something that um, I find like when I talk to friends who recently graduated and we're talking about like what we're doing for work, they'll they'll often like kind of embarrassingly tell me like. I'm a bartender or like I'm doing yard work or I'm doing like mm-hmm. and I, I just kind of want to foster and encourage more of a like social culture where none of us are ashamed of our jobs yeah. you know what I mean um, and especially as people pursuing creative things um, you know ultimately like 90 to 95 percent of the money I made this past year has been like video production for clients, you know, and then mm-hmm. five, ten percent of that was like me hustling my movie every day, <laughs> like yeah. trying trying to get it out there. And it's sort of like uh it, you know, it can feel like a ridiculous lifestyle sometimes. But but I I almost think that like the jobs that were cool twenty years ago are kind of lame. Like if you tell me you work for a bank, I'm like, <laughs> all right, okay. Like <laughs> Yeah. Like, do you, are you um, okay? Do you what do you do to keep yourself happy? Um, yeah, exactly. I'm kidding. Exactly. That's horrible for any bank listeners right now. I'm so sorry. Um, right. No. But yeah. no, my mom. My mom worked at a bank and she she did hate it. Um, <laughs> she did. She really oh gosh. Did. 
Um, yeah, no, I agree with you. I feel like why why is there this random shame uh, when we're just trying to help you know pay bills? You know, when I see Uber drivers, I know that most of them it's not their actual only job. It's just like something they do at night just to get a couple extra bucks to help pay rent and get some more food, maybe even get some plane tickets to travel. I know I know some people who do that. Um, so I agree with you. Like I I, I don't think that. I would. We were saying like a, a social change of like don't be embarrassed of your day jobs or or what you have now. We're also young. Um, if that's what you were saying, yeah. Absolutely. Um, are are you optimistic about like kind of um, in the next few years changing those numbers where it's like you're almost all acting, or are you like okay, how can I become a better editor, or like how, what mm. other what other assets can I grow to like kind of keep doing this? multitask yeah sustainability um that's that's it's so weird because it's not like i can as a <laughs> this is the part it's where you like confidently <laughs> forecast your own career but <laughs> yeah exactly this is i mean like my it's been up and down you know i've had a lot of close calls where like i've almost gotten a full, um a job where it would have maybe changed my life for a temporary time but you know there are some actors who get a really great ride for a while and then they kind of disappear because nothing works out for a couple of years it happens you know so um i wouldn't say i'm optimistic but i do feel realistic and motivated if that makes sense mm-hmm. um I'm, I'm motivated to constantly go into every audition which in my head i kind of translate into an interview because i'm that's what i'm doing i'm interviewing for a new job constantly yep, absolutely um, and i'm i'm motivated to make sure that i go in there with uh, the materials I need to prepare the best I can prepare them. I don't like to slack off when I get an audition. I make sure I prepare for it. Um, so the only excuse they can give me is, oh, he just wasn't the, he just didn't look the role that we were going for. Yeah. That's the only excuse I want to give them. Um, not, you know, I was missing some, you know, moments here and there. Yeah, you don't want to be the guy who's like, they don't cast because you're late or you got like Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee stains all over your shirt. Or like, <laughs> I mean, if the role uh, calls for it, if it's like, oh, sloppy guy, I don't mind some stains <laughs> on me. Um, no, just just I want to make sure that they see what I did and that I made it my own and that it was clear and um, obvious that I was prepared. I, I, lateness, surprisingly, is, is important, but it's not always because sometimes they're running behind and stuff like that, but... Um, sure so sometimes you get lucky <laughs> yeah. Too. yeah yeah sometimes especially with the traffic in LA what would you say was like the most unexpected thing about acting in, in LA I was I was prepared you know I went to a performing arts school and um, they trained us a lot about the industry and stuff um, which was great you know I really enjoyed that I, I, I feel very proud to have gone to my school and I'm very thankful for everything I learned there um the one thing uh, I didn't expect is how to work industry-wise. It's a little confusing. Some of the terms they didn't teach us. Um, I think I talked. I talked to you earlier about you know pins and uh, producer sessions and stuff like that. These are things that you don't necessarily learn in an acting class. Um, and explain pins really quick to everyone because yeah, I, so, I found that interesting. So a pin is basically um, it means they want you to keep a certain amount of dates open because they are highly considering you for a role in whatever it may be, whether it be television, a film, or or a commercial. Um, 
I've I've gotten three pins for different feature films this year and one for a progressive commercial. I didn't get it, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, so basically, they're like, okay, we really are interested in you for this role. We're still going to work on it with you know the producers, with the director. We're going to look at it with everyone. And um, it's like, we're very much so considering you. Please keep these dates open. We'll keep you in contact kind of thing. That's where the pin is. Um, what's what's the like latest that they've told you no? <laughs> like dude, five days before a shoot or like? Um, man, it was crazy. I um, Back last year, October, I got, I got an audition for something I had asked for an audition for. My friend, he sent me this self-tape that he worked on and sent it in. Uh, a self-tape is an audition that you do at home. You film it at home and then you send them the scenes, basically. It's very new, um, but it's very convenient, too. Um, so basically, he sent me this and I was like, oh, dude, the, the writing of that is so much fun. Like, I, I, I want to be a part of that kind of stuff. Those are the auditions I want to get. Mm-hmm. So my friend was like, why don't you tell your, your, your representation, your agents and managers? And so I emailed them. I was like, hey, um, I don't even know if there's a role for me in this movie, but this movie, that's the kind of stuff I want to go out for. Then like a month later, or like maybe maybe two weeks later, um, my agent says, here's the role. Here's the audition for what you asked for. And it was the same role that my friend sent the audition for two weeks before. And um, I auditioned for it. I went in there the day, and I didn't get a call back. But like the very next day, they emailed me saying, hey, he's pinned for this role. I was like, wow, that's that's awesome. Like I That felt like a, like a, not a power play, but that felt like a very big move for me to do to have requested my agents hey i want an audition for this movie i got the audition and then i immediately pinned it without being like called back for it um but so i was like i was excited it was my first movie pin i was like yeah it's a lead in the movie yeah i'm so excited um but four months later fast forward um because the movie was supposed to film in january i was like january already passed or whatever but they said they were like pushing back or whatever four months later is the first time i heard from them and they were like oh sorry we went with someone else and i was like what you had me waiting four months not even giving me a call back and and i just lost a job like that just like i felt like i got laid off in a way you know um four months and then another project was three months um so it's it can go it can go a while depending i mean Films are different. TV, you learn pretty fast, but um, films, they can take their time almost. Has that made you become more desensitized to getting pinned? <laughs> this past one, yeah. I was like, eh, I'm good. <laughs> like, cool, thanks. I'm, I'm pinned. I'm, that's awesome, but let's see what happens now, you know? But then I got um, the most recent pin I got a chemistry read for, which is the first time I ever had a chemistry read for anything, which is basically you go in there and they see how you are with the other people they cast. Um, so that that got me excited for that. There's always new things I'm learning um, from the industry. So I think sometimes people imagine Hollywood as like a line of 300 people. You go <laughs> in, you do one audition, and then they're like, "You're Luke Skywalker. Like you're, yeah. get, you know, you're our man." Yeah. But it, it's kind of like that for Broadway. Surprisingly, there is lines that people wait outside. <laughs> I, right. I when I lived in New York, that's what happened. It was like they're called cattle calls, and you just wait in a long line. And some people get spotted out, but. Yeah, it's it's people do think that's how it is in Hollywood. You have to you have to get appointments now with representation, and it's 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 a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's like job interviews, like you said, where it's like yeah, you know, you get a phone interview, you get an in person interview. You know, it's it's kind of like a process because if if they don't know you and they never worked with you before, and you're gonna be on set for two weeks or like acting in a third of an episode or like half of a feature film, like you know, they got to make sure that you're gonna be able to carry that weight on a 
skill level, yeah. I guess. No, it's true. Um, I, I don't know if you kind of just shared it, but um, is is there like a horror story, like worst case LA type of thing that's happened to you the past two years? I've had some weird audition stories where it just felt weird and I did it anyways. Um, well, that's weird to say without explaining it. Um, um, <laughs> Esteban, can I, you take your pants off? Wait, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, like it's almost felt like some of the things are like that weird. Like I've had to do some weird things for auditions. A lot of commercial auditions, they might not have a script. You just kind of go in and they tell you what to do in the room. Weird. And so you, you don't expect it. So you just kind of have to improvise and you just see what you can do on the spot it's it's really insane commercial auditions but they're fun um i had one where i um <laughs> i was given the, the, the notice the day of and there were these uh it said uh, latino uh wrestler and um five three i'm like i email my agent back i'm like i'm you know thanks for the audition just letting you know i'm five seven i know i'm short but like does that matter if it's that big of a difference because five three is a really big difference from five seven yeah and they're like oh yeah they're just like you know opening up their options more because they haven't found what they're looking for i'm like okay cool so i went in and the first thing i see like i dress like all like fitness clothes i'm thinking like high school wrestling you know those kind of guys so i go in there you know all my fitness clothes ready the first thing i see is um what the proper term nowadays is a little person wearing a cape uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, what audition is that for? Um, so I just keep moving. I go to sign in, and I see the the little person from 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 Jackass, the movie. Um, what's you know, I don't know what his name is, but I saw him. I was like, what? When is? Am I supposed to? Is this what I'm auditioning for? <laughs> um, so I go in the room, and the first thing they hand me is a luchador mask. Um, I totally thought it was gonna be like high school wrestling, but it said Latino wrestler. I didn't think why they just said Luchador. And I go right. in, and it's like this entire room filled with people. Some people were like laying on the couch or laying on the floor by the couch, and they're like, "What do we want to see? Do we want to see the kicking or the chair?" I'm like, "What am I about to do right now while wearing this Luchador mask?" And um, they're like, "Let's see the kicking." So I'm like all right, let me just kick the ground and pretend I'm kicking someone on the ground. And I tried to channel my best little person and was making weird noises. But <laughs> that's what I'm saying. There's just some weird things here. But I've never had any, like, horror stories of, of someone doing something, you know, highly inappropriate in an audition room, you know? Sure, sure, sure. Thankfully. I mean, I, I, I you know, like any kind of set malpractice, whether it's like six months later, I'm still not paid, or, you know, there's all yeah, kinds of things that can those kind of happen. Things. Mm-hmm. I, I guess, like, aside from working and acting, like, what do you what do you love about being out there? Because besides just like the chance of getting roles, there has to be things out there that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, to be honest, I'm not a big fan of LA. I don't like LA. <laughs> I don't. I really no, don't. Sure. I, I love sure. New York more. I miss New York every day. I've, um, if I were to choose, I would be there. Um, I don't know if just I think I explained this to you earlier um, that LA just. Yeah, LA just has more opportunities film-wise. And, and um, if I were to choose, I would be living in New York right now. But I think I got to wait till like I'm like Jonah Hill status where I can live in Brooklyn. And Do whatever you want. They will have to yep. fly me. Yeah, they will fly me out. They'll be willing to fly me out. But right now I got to... I gotta make more of a name for myself and more of a resume before I can decide. Oh, I'm gonna live in Alaska and they can fly me yeah, out. You yeah, know exactly. So um, to be honest, I, I don't love LA. Um, I will say I'm very grateful because I found some amazing close friends here. Um, if it weren't for them, I probably would be like, why am I 
doing this here. But um, I've got some, some really good friends that are, we're all hard workers, you know. I got roommates that are actors, voiceover artists, uh, comedians. Um, so it's just like we're all here for each other. We're helping each other out all the time. How many roommates do you have? I currently have four. I had five. One of them recently moved out. Okay, so five Oh, wait, other total. way around. Sorry. Three. I currently have three others and then four. Yeah. So now currently in this apartment, there's four of us. Are you, uh, like, ready to be done, like, sharing a room with someone? Or are you like, no, I, I can do this for five years. I'll, I'll we, do it for yeah, the, the grind. We, we plan to, actually. We we do plan to. Um, I, I we, we already know where we all stand when it comes to living space because okay. our lease good, is good, ending good. soon. Um, yep. I used to have my own bedroom, and that was nice because I get my own space. But I was like, all right, let me make a sacrifice. Let me pay cheaper rent um, and share space. So that's what I did that for. Um, but we are going to – we are going to – we kind of realize that right now we're not in the position to be luxurious. Um, so the next place we're looking at, um, I'm getting my own bedroom. Another roommate's getting their own bedroom. And the other one is having the living room made into their bedroom. So we're like, we don't need a living room. We're not looking for that right now. All we need is just a kitchen, our own spaces, and maybe a, a small dining room to be able to eat. Um, so that's our goal. You know, that's the kind of sacrifice you have to make. You know, Chris Pratt slept in his in a van for years, you know, um, I heard there's a lot of people doing that there. <laughs> oh, uh, I haven't met anyone that sleeps in their car yet. I but but when I moved out here, I fully prepared myself to do so. I was like, in my mind, I was like, Esban, you might have to live in your car, but this is what you love to do, so you can do it, you know. But I've been grateful enough to be able to have um, not have to do that, you know. Do, do you see a lot of people like getting swept up? And I, I mean, I don't want to like characterize or some cliche of like an LA lifestyle, but uh, you know, just like live above their means, like start to get a little like, Ooh, okay. I've booked a couple things. I can live in a one apartment studio or, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that's, I mean, um, some people have, um, and Hey, if they're able to afford it, then, then go for it. You know, like that's great. Um, um, I don't think anyone's ever suffered from that. Uh, I don't know anyone that has yet. Um, but I will say uh, some like a pattern I've definitely learned from LA itself, and this isn't even acting like um, related. But when I've seen some people move out here, I've seen them really just get sucked in by the LA vibes. Like start hanging out with old viners and YouTubers and famous Instagram <laughs> people and and modeling. Uh-huh. They're like models out of nowhere, and they're just taking pictures with random dudes that want to get clout, <laughs> which is a quote clout. Um, uh-huh. So it's it's very interesting to see that, like how fast some people change when they get to L.A. Um, and and it's it's almost like they've I feel like they're, they're a little over their heads when they do that, because, you know, you're coming out here for a dream, hopefully. And, you know, you want to make sure you remain the same person that had that dream instead of becoming a different right. person. Um, right. So instead of like just clawing for the nearest shortcut. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly it, man. Some people try to get shortcuts, and some people really do are are able to like meet people who are able to get them in in music videos and stuff. But I've seen that, and honestly, it doesn't work. Like their their career isn't necessarily going anywhere. They're in the background of something, and sure, they got paid a bit, but they didn't work for that. They didn't try to work for that, and um, I don't know how long that's gonna get them. To be honest, God, I've I've never like really thought about like I, I feel like being in the Midwest, mm-hmm. um, there's still a little bit of a separation between social media and reality in terms of like, I'm not thinking about people's, you know, when I go to this indie film set in Milwaukee that I'm in, I'm not like 
figuring out how much cloud everyone has and how many followers do they have. But there's probably like, is there just like just a hierarchy of like, oh, oh my yeah. friend's got ten thousand, fifty thousand, hundred thousand? You know, like there's all these. Yeah, a lot like, of people. It feels like I've a million met... isn't even a ton of followers <laughs> anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. Isn't it weird how Instagram has become that way? I, I actually know I've I've met people and I have known people that I went to class with that have literally bought followers and it blew my mind i was like you spent money to to buy followers but why you know like is that really where you feel you need value in like is that really how you determine your value of how many followers you have and you know some people there were some scares that like oh you know some casting directors are looking for people with a minimum of this amount of followers yeah and yep. there That's have what been Emily said yeah, last week yeah there have been some people who have uh, some I've I've seen some 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 things that I've said. Please make sure they have a good Instagram following that kind of stuff when casting directors are sending their stuff out. Mm. But honestly, what me and my one of my closest friends Luke have kind of determined is, it really doesn't matter. Don't focus on the followers. Just be good. Go in the room and be good. Like be darn good that they have to be like, you know what? It doesn't matter. Um, and it's happened. It's worked. It's worked for a lot of people and it's i think it's even worked for me like i i, I don't even have two thousand followers i have like a thousand something and that's honestly just because i've moved around the country so much and i've, I've met right. so many people it's not you even benefit like, from multiple networks exactly so like it's just not even i don't care about the followers i really in fact instagram has really been bothering me lately about that because i kind of want to just be able to i've noticed a a very big change whenever i post something about my life like like a good thing of me of esteban i noticed that people don't care as much about that but but whenever I, I book like something and I post like oh watch me on this episode tonight it like blows up and I'm like wow mm. <laughs> is that how you mm. value me is it just like my career that you value and not my actual well-being in my life and I'm starting to realize like social media is just it's I mean I, I'll still be a part of it because I enjoy it because I get to see your life you know we're really close friends and sure. I get to see what's happening on a daily basis without having to text you every minute you know sure um, so I really love it so I get because I get to see all my friends across but uh, industry wise I think it's really dumb the whole followers thing and clout <laughs> yeah it's like you can only hack it so much like you almost even can't like pe- mm-hmm. in order for people to in order for random people to follow you on the internet and like be good followers that like actually like your photos and stuff <laughs> like they have to have a reason to you know and it's almost like the the work and the good work and the the curation of reality you know whether it's uh in my realm you know festivals you're getting into distribution deals or you know amount of work you're doing or for you the amount of stuff you're booking the amount of you know if you had like a new episode of a new show every week to post about you know yeah people would see you on tv and they're like oh i should like p- people have to let me let me post on my my story and like tag him and it's like oh i love yeah. that thank you for the support you know it's right. great I yeah know, I, I do appreciate that yeah they, they like need to think you're important before they <laughs> follow you but you're not important until like other people that follow you yeah <laughs> so it's, it's so weird it's a cycle you all for listening the music for this episode was done by dan reed you can find him at soundcloud.com slash dan reed and this episode was sponsored by myself don't got no sponsors i don't want any sponsors anytime soon um so what, what should i do for my sponsorship what ad should i roll um watch my movie palace if you haven't watched it yet it's on it's on amazon just search palace and right now it's glitching so that when you search palace it says one one star review 
Uh, but then when you click on it, it's actually 14 five-star biased reviews from people who are somewhat connected to it, maybe? I don't know. But uh, yeah, watch Palace. And uh, you know what? Forget Palace. Watch Frida, because we're watching Frida together this week in anticipation of next week's episode. As already announced at the beginning, I won't be too repetitive. Have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.